<sighs> Welcome to the home for anime. I may sound a little bit somber, but I'm actually happy. Why am I happy? Well, a couple of reasons. The first is, you and I, all of us together, we made it to the end of Volume 3. It's been a fun ride. I have not had a single absolute stinker this volume in terms of anime manga, which, thank goodness, I'm very happy about that. And that leads me into my second thing that I'm so happy about. Aside from this being the end of Volume 3, which means, oh, you better look out for Volume 4 because I've got something really nice planned. Saying that I haven't found any stinkers means, oh, the last episode must be about something really good. And buddy, let me tell you, it's not just about something good. It's about the best fucking movie of all time. What's that movie, you might ask? It's 1986's Project Echo. Project Echo is like, what would happen if you gave a kid with ADHD cocaine instead of Ritalin and Adderall? Like, he, he, she, they... This, this movie has everything, okay? It has things that aren't appropriate, things that are appropriate. It has fan service. Panty shots galore. You know, both of those, I'm like, oh, uh, no. It has aliens, superpowers, a lot of comedy, a lot of action. And it's just, it's a really good, dumb time. It's so much fun. And that's what I love about it, is that it's so much fun. Project Deco follows the titular character Eiko and her best friend Siko as they start life in this new school 16 years after this massive asteroid basically leveled an entire city. And in the 16 years since that asteroid hit, society has rebuilt itself pretty well. I mean, things are beyond technologically advanced. And yeah, they just live in peace. Eiko has like these wild superpowers. She's super strong and she's super fast. And there's a reason for that that gets explored later, kind of. And yeah, it's not really the focal point of anything. It's just a thing. And Eiko's like, I'm a completely normal person. And she's just very responsible. She's very much about her business and she loves her best friend Seiko. And Seiko, Seiko has the personality that I thought would annoy me the most because all she does, she yells everything, she cries, but like for some reason it is the cutest thing ever. Like I usually hate it, but it's so cute here and it's always funny. Seiko is hilarious. Watching these two interact it's always like, okay, best friends, babysitter, child to be babysat. It, it really reminds me of me and my best friend, Matt, because Matt has to deal with me being a crybaby all the time. And he's always just like, he, he, he's my echo. 
And I, I guess that's part of why I like it so much because he's just like this super awesome guy. And then he has like this this crybaby best friend who like is just, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty adorable too. So yeah, it's it's just, it's really sweet to watch. And it's also really funny. They're both really funny. But they go to this new school and they encounter this girl named Biko who unbeknownst to them has it out for Eiko because she has a huge crush on Seiko. Biko goes to extreme lengths to try to get rid of Eiko because she wants Seiko to be with only her. And really, that's the entire first half of the movie is just Biko trying to ice out Eiko. And from there, I mean, we get kind of mentions of aliens, like I said, and we get a little bit of action and we get a lot of comedy. But once you get to that second half of the movie, it is balls to the wall action from there to the very end. I mean, the movie is a little over 80 minutes long. I guarantee you, like 40 minutes is dedicated to pure, unadulterated action. Whether it's fight scenes that take place in a school that then go into a city that then go into an armada versus something that happens in a freaking spaceship. It's just, it's so good and it's so funny and it has some of the most subversive pieces of storytelling that I didn't think would have been seen at that time, but there were a few times where I was like, wait a second, they, what? Like, they really just did that. And there are some things that the movie doesn't bother to explain. And that's because it's a parody. It's a parody of so many different things. I know that parodies series like Gundam and Fist of the North Star, but there are others that I'm just not aware of that I haven't gotten to because I'm still in my formative stage but yeah it's it's not a movie that sets out to be the most comprehensive piece of media on the planet it's a movie that's dedicated to having fun poke fun at things have a lot of action be really funny be the best parody that you can be for the time and call it a day it, it honestly doesn't get any better. Like, if you can handle the fan service and the exorbitant amount of panty shots, like, there are a lot of panty shots, you have a real gold mine here because this movie is awesome. And I'll tell you one thing in particular that makes it really, really cool. So we all know about City Pop, you know, the the 80s Japanese music that like got super popular over the past few years, especially, you know, as more people kind of take advantage of the internet and things that they find in their parents' attics, basements, and like stuff like that. But the staff at Project Echo, they hired these two American dudes to make the entire soundtrack for the movie. And these two guys... They brought in these three up-and-coming singers and had them each sing 
different theme songs for the movie. I mean, all of them got in, but the thing that is so baller about one of the songs is that it's sang by Samantha Newark, who is the voice of Jem from Jem and the Holograms from the 80s. That is the coolest piece of trivia I have ever gotten to hear slash witness in my entire life because Jem is awesome. Like, Jem is 80s gold. My eyes just widened when I said that. 80s gold, but not just Jem. Project Echo, pure 80s cheese, dumb, coherent gold. When you have all of these different winning elements coming together, yeah, have a story that makes sense, but things like how the city got repaired in such a short amount of time, they reference it, but they never explain it. And it's kind of like, and this is me getting deep, so I know I shouldn't be giving it this kind of attention and treatment, but I am. It kind of reminds me of Hibane Renme, where you have all of these different questions. You have all these things that are set up, but Hibane Renme is not interested in answering any of those questions. It has its own story that it's trying to tell. Project Echo literally just jukes you out the entire time, and it just gets grander and grander and more and more fantastical as it goes on. And the most baller thing about it, here's another piece of trivia. Project Echo was supposed to be a part of the Cream Lemon series. If you know, you know. And the director was like, you know what? I'm going to make this into something entirely different because I need to buy new teeth. Project Echo was created because a guy had to buy new teeth. How do you... You can't make this stuff up. Like, if you see him in an interview about it, because I, I have this Blu-ray, right? And the Blu-ray has all of these different interviews and stuff. If you see any interview with him, he is dead-ass serious. Like, he does not smile or anything. He's just like, as you can see, I do not have many teeth. I am making this movie so that I can buy new teeth. And I'm like, that's like the most baller reason to make a movie ever. And they're all just like, yeah, we hope you like it. And he's like, yeah, I hope you like it. But seriously, I need those new teeth. And I'm like, I'm here for it. I, I, I don't know if the residuals from me buying the Blu-ray go to him getting his teeth or just him getting anything. Because honestly, him being so straightforward like that, he deserves a lot of money. And the hard work that the team put into making this, again, goldmine, this freaking masterpiece, they, they deserve so much because, honestly, Project Echo, I can see it being influential in a lot of aspects of anime. And I know that a lot of people who like retro anime really love Project Echo. There's this one guy who I'm friends with. He's a collector, just like I am, except he has a way bigger library. And he and I, we were both so excited about Project Echo coming out. And he's 
a good few years older than me. And he just, he hit me up and he was like, hey, it's here. And I was like, yo, mine's here too. And just got to geek out about it for a little bit. And like the generation thing, the generation gap is closed because that's just the kind of movie that Project Echo is. If you can get over certain things and you just resign yourself to having fun, that's what you're going to have. You're going to have so much fun. Like, I love this movie. It might be my favorite anime film of all time because it's nowhere near as serious as a silent voice. It doesn't have the same tone as Tokyo Godfathers. It's not Violet Evergarden the movie because, I mean, you know, nothing is. And it's not Belle, Jose the Tiger and the Fish. You know, it's not any of those. Project Echo is its own behemoth. And, dude, honestly, I think that the best part about it, I mean, you can stream this on Retro Crush, and that is a great way to experience it. But I bought the Project Echo Perfect Edition from Discotech Media, and they were not kidding. They basically made the entire film look pretty. I mean, it was a good-looking film, but, like, they made it look really pretty. And they added so many features. Like, they have an entire storyboard to film portion in terms of special features. They have music videos. They have documentaries. Like, uh, Mike Tool, the Mike Tool, did narration on one or two of the documentaries. And then, of course, you know, they got some Heather Newark on one of the documentaries. Because, you know, she sung an incredible song. And I'm just, I cannot stress enough. Project Echo, probably not family friendly. Maybe if you're trying to watch it with your six-year-old, don't. But if you're 13, 14 years old, you can handle Project Echo. Once you get to be an adult, you're going to find way more funny about it. Because I can guarantee you the things that I found funny about it as an adult are things that probably would have went way over my head as a kid. Part of me probably would have been like, oh, fan service. Hooray. But now I'm just like, oh, fan service. All right, let's get into these jokes. And let's get into these really neat visual cues. Again, like the, the Fist of the North Star reference was my absolute favorite. So... Dude, just stream Project Echo on Retro Crush, and if you have $30, which honestly, and like I, I do not say this lightly, they could have charged way more for this, and I would not have been surprised. If you have $30, buy Project Echo Perfect Edition from Discotech Media. You can do so on Right Stuff Anime or Amazon, and you will not be disappointed. It is just a high-octane, fun time from beginning to end, and I recommend it to anybody and everybody. And with that being said, thank you for listening to this past volume of The Home for Anime. Volume 3 has been a lot of fun to go through. I have just had so much fun and I'm going to say it one more time, the word fun, 
it's so fun doing this because I get to watch things like Project Echo. Dude, thank you for listening. If you want to follow me, you can do so on Instagram at AnimeAlphaGoat. You can follow me on Twitter at OurAnimeHome. And if you want to get in touch with me to recommend me stuff or just talk, you can hit me up via email at OurAnimeHome at gmail.com. And that's that's all I got. Look out for volume four because I am pretty excited for what's happening then. Thanks again for listening. Stay well. I have been your host, GPC, Great Podcaster Cali, and I am out.